0: this is the g podcast with your host tommy b
1: hey everybody you know our our discussion today is intended to provoke a conversation uh within our community of followers and uh if you're in need of professional help we encourage you to reach out to your local mental health experts especially um as many of these events are considered triggers uh among us in our community so um with that said, this is the G-Podcast, episode 131, and Memorial Day just takes on a, a whole new meeting, meaning in America this year, man, I'm, I'm here to tell you. Uh, you know, Each week we do news politics, pop culture, uh, and piping IT with the one and only Tanya B. Hello, Tanya B, how are you? Uh, welcome, thank you again for doing it, uh, you know, showing up as you always do, doing your thing. And I'm um, gonna get to you in, in, in just a second, and uh, we have a guest okay. this week as well. Um, you know, an, another week, another man's shooting. And, and, you know, this time I, I wanted to do something a little bit different. So I, I asked, um, you know, someone to come in I've known for a minute. And um, we don't refer to her as, as Life Coach Kim uh, for the <laughs> sake of the show. Uh, but her name is, is Kim Martin Raymond. She's a minister, certified life coach, author, host of the How Now podcast, which you can find on castropolis.net. And episodes streaming weekdays between 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. She's a wife. She's a mom. You a grandmom? Can I, can I say? Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, grandma. I'm a nana. <laughs> a All right. Nana, uh, out, of, out of the one and only, as as she speaks, you can hear the Brooklyn coming out. No matter how long she's been in the A, the Brooklyn still. It's Queens. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Queens. I'm a Queens queen. <laughs> <But> they, sorry. <laughs> ain't the okay, here's a Southerner in me. Ain't no, the same? Mm-mm. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm, <laughs> Beat down. keep Keep going. Keep going. All right, so, But but I did ask her to come in because, you know, the typical response for most of the shows would be to come out and, and you know, call people names, do some crazy stuff, go on the air and talk about these politicians that do nothing. And, and you know, this week, you know, with, with everything that's going on, amazingly, as, as we are in the process of burying uh, the dead in Buffalo, this other situation in Ubalde, Texas happens and i just wanted to do something with someone who who, who deals with life and uh, the podcast is the how now podcast and and i and, and that's an appropriate question because how do you deal with the now we're going to get to that in just a minute but what i want you to do um life coach kim is tell people a little bit of who you are but i'm going to start off with this question you know and i want you to include this in in the answer you know you've experienced loss okay yes personally and and not only that but you know you've all you know you've you've had a a positive loss which has been your weight loss journey but on the negative side you've experienced some deep loss And, and tell us about who you are and and get into that a little bit okay go ahead
2: absolutely absolutely thank you so much tommy for having me on the show i'm glad to be here uh excited to um you know, tap into and, and take a little bit of a deeper dive into the situations that we're seeing currently going on in and around us, our environment, our community, uh, personally, professionally. You know, it's 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 definitely been a challenge. But um again, as you mentioned, I'm Kim Martin Raymond. I am um the host of the How Now podcast. And um the podcast was birthed out of, you know, the the pandemic. And it was a question. It wasn't what now we, we came to the realization that we were in a pandemic that something happened and it wasn't what now the question became more how now how do we navigate in this space that that we've never been in before this is the first time that something has happened to all of us consecutively at the same time and we've all had a different reaction to it okay uh the how now podcast before it came into being, um, I had my own business called Redefining You. And that was just helping people to, to uh, align themselves, mind, body, and spirit. And that was birthed out of uh, a tragedy that happened to me um, October, October 10th of 2009. Um, I experienced the loss of my youngest daughter. I have two daughters, uh, my daughter, Christine, who just turned 34 this week, and um, my youngest daughter, who um, passed away in October 2009 uh, as a result of a brain aneurysm. Mm-hmm. So she passed in her sleep. I came home and uh, went to go and see about her because uh, usually she comes out and you know talks my ear off. And I was in the middle of my master's program. I was 39 years old at the, at the time. So, you know, that following year I was going to be finishing my master's program. I was turning 40, uh, had some things going on. My daughter, my oldest daughter had graduated college. She was empty nesting. I was in the process of my third divorce, mm. third. And, um, and, uh, you know, I just came home and went to go and see about my daughter. My youngest, I mean, my oldest daughter was complaining of a, um, of a sore throat. And so I was like, well, let me make sure this, she doesn't have strep. Sent my husband at the time to the store to get some toothbrushes. I was like, let's just switch out everybody's toothbrushes, make sure everybody's okay. And went into her room to see what color toothbrush she wanted. And and she was on the floor, which and she was like six feet tall. So she was very tall for her age. She always was sleeping on the floor. So I that wasn't anything. I jumped down on the floor and I went to go and kiss her on the back and say, Wake up, baby. And immediately I realized that she was not breathing.
0: Mm. Wow.
2: And I lost my baby Mm. and, you know, to go through, to experience a loss and then empty nesting and then going through a divorce all at the same time Uh, and, and turning 40. Mm. So, you know, as a woman, you're, you're turning that corner and it was just like, "Mm, okay, so, so now what? And for the first time in my life, I was living by myself. Wow. Because shortly after she passed, my, my husband and I, our divorce finalized in February. No, in March of that year, but he moved out in February. And uh, my oldest daughter was on her way back up to New York after graduating uh, with her bachelor's degree. And so here it was, I was by myself. And I remember sitting on the stairs and saying, OK, so now what do I do? And And a lot of my friends, you know, I was the person that they would come to and say, hey, Kim, you know our friend lost her child. What do we say to her? But they were like, it's you. And we don't know what to say. And and that's kind of how I got into the space of coaching. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, people were like, you know, have you ever thought about coaching? And I was like, well, like coaching football, I knew nothing about coaching. Mm -hmm. And so I had to go and and start researching that. And I said, well, this is something that I do all the time. And that's kind of how the coaching piece uh, came into being. And uh, I've been doing that since um, 2015. It was a journey. It was not something that I was prepared to do. And so, you know that that's kind of how it started. Then, then, like I said, how now came up with, you know, the the thought of, you know, what do we do now in this space? I had to figure out what to do in that space of losing my daughter. You know, because the one thing that I did know, of course, as a minister, I know that God doesn't make mistakes. So I said, you know, there's a reason for my child not being here and I'm not going to be angry about it, but anytime there's some type of tragedy or something happens in our lives, we have to begin to ask ourselves or the question, why did this happen? And what is it that I'm supposed to glean from this? Because there's some type of action that takes place with every trauma that we experience. Mm. And and our goal is for that, that reaction to be a positive one, mm. but It does. It causes us to do something for a person who may not experience emotion. The loss of a child for them may be the first time that they've ever shed a tear in front of somebody outside of being an infant. It moves us to some form of action. It moves us to some form of reaction. For some people, it may be advocacy. We have no idea what the situation that we're being, uh, you know, that we're being called to deal with is going to manifest or how it's going to manifest. And so that's kind of what how now is about. It's about creating a platform for us to move from, you know, for me primarily to move from a space of fear. Okay. Because the fear of the unknown, the fear of something that we've never experienced to moving into a space of, of knowledge, of wisdom, of learning, you know what? What is it that I'm supposed to do next, and how am I supposed to move from the space of fear without knowledge, so that I can make some informed decisions? Gotcha. And then you finally move to a space of of um, you know, where where you can turn around and say, I- "I've gathered information, I've learned from this, and now I'm w- I'm willing to be in a space of reaching back. I'm empowered now."
1: Okay, so now that's you you kind of that's the negative side of the loss, which you can definitely. When I listen to the podcast yes. and I see you interact with a lot of your guests, and just see, I, mm-hmm. I definitely see you actually using that as your as your forward as you're, forward, yes. as you're to push forward. Now, now talk yes. talk about recently the other loss, the positive, I guess positive loss, yes. the the weight loss. And, yes. and, and and then we'll get into news with Syracuse Mike. But I want to mention this Absolutely. because I, you know, I, I've experienced some of this type of loss when it comes down to you know, what are, What you're about to talk about. And, and it does change. Right. It. I mean, it adds a new dimension in terms of how you face life. But talk about the positive loss now. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: I'm, I'm happy to do that.
1: <laughs>
2: OK, as of as of September of last year, I started out at two hundred and thirty eight pounds. I had been as high as over three hundred pounds at one point in my life. I was diagnosed with diabetes in 2000 and um, was uh, over 300 pounds at that time, lost hundred pounds because I was scared to eat anything. Cause I didn't know anything about diabetes. I didn't want to lose my toes or my elbows on my knees and <laughs> shoulders. Yeah. I said, wait a minute. So I just stopped eating everything and had lost some weight. And then when I experienced the loss of my daughter, I picked up some weight. I was traveling for work at the time and just really held on to, I was, I stayed in at 250 pound range for, for quite some time. And then, um, just in September, fast forward to September of last year, I like I said, I was 238 pounds and just was tired of not feeling well. I just did not have a sense of wellness. I did not feel well. I felt sick all the time. I felt lethargic. I felt like I couldn't move. And I was like, what is going on? With me, I need to do something different. And so um I started a um wellness journey and started with um a program that way you eat fuelings and you eat them six times a day and you eat uh two healthy meals i won't name the the uh the uh program yeah no name but um (laughs) it's uh but what it did was uh it moved me from that 238 pounds to being currently 183 pounds i've lost 55 pounds since
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
1: yes so that's a bit
2: hundred nothing.
1: Yeah, I ain't been a hundred
2: nothing <laughs> since I was 17. And so, and yeah. you know, and you know, I'm used to going to the moo moo section to the, the zebra and cheetah prints and everything else. And and yeah. it's it's a mind thing. But but I, what I want to say, I know before you get into into the the um the news stories yeah, yeah. is that the the the, the common threat is it's all mindset. Everything is about mindset, whether it is something positive or negative, whether it is a trauma or it is a victory, there is a mindset that goes along with that. And it's important that we realize that that that's going to be critical in how we navigate, how we move in this now. There has to be a mindset. There has to be a determination. There has to be something that causes you to make that pivot. And a lot of us have had to do that currently in in, uh, the stage that we're in right now.
1: Good stuff. Let me give it to you. Ah. I didn't give you the air horn. You get the air horn, too. I like that. Again, yeah. you know, Kimberly uh, Martin Raymond, uh, we're going to call her for the sake of this podcast. Life Coach Kim, thank you so much to How Now podcast. Now, we're going to go ahead and go into Syracuse, Mike. Awesome. Uh, we'll come back on the other side. I promised uh, Tanya Beat her that I would not talk a whole lot of politics when she's on. But I do want her to, to, to kind of frame what her advice is based on uh, what's going on in our current – in our world and, and it's difficult to escape uh, really it is so let's do news with syracuse mike and we'll come back on the other side here we go
0: news team All right. assemble it's time for the week in news with syracuse mike we now have more details about the shooter's timeline in uvalde texas leading up to the elementary school mass shooting that left 19 students and two school employees dead Steve McCraws with the Texas Department of Public Safety. He announced, you know, on Facebook, a post, a message that he was going to shoot his grandmother. He shot his grandmother. He re-reported that he had shot her. And after that, he reported that he was going to a school to attack it. And he didn't identify the, the specific school. He did say elementary at that point in time. Tuesday shooting was the second deadliest school shooting in the U.S., The shooter did not have a history of mental illness or a criminal record. A ton of questions remain about the elementary school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Several questions were addressed at a press event yesterday. We now know that the 18-year-old shooter entered Rob Elementary through an unlocked door. But why did it take about an hour for law enforcement to move in and deal with him? Victor Escalon of the Texas Department of Public Safety tried to answer that question. The video, the residual interviews, we'll have a better idea could anybody have gone there sooner? You got to understand small town. Yeah. People from Eagle Pass, from Del Rio, Laredo, San Antonio, responding to a small community. During the tense discussion Thursday, we also learned that there were some conversations between the gunmen and officers. During
1: the negotiations, there wasn't much gunfire other than trying to keep the officers at bay. But that could change depending as once we analyze the video. But Right now, according to the information, he did not respond.
0: Several people on the scene said they begged law enforcement to charge into the building and considered going in themselves. Escalon said officers were not able to make entry initially because of gunfire they were receiving. In the wake of mass shootings in Uvalde and Buffalo, the White House wants Congress to act now. White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre.
3: So. I don't have anything to preview for you as to any meetings, upcoming meetings that may be happening at the White House this week or next week or in the coming weeks. Uh, we really, truly, as I said, leave it to the mechanics up to uh, Senator Schumer and Speaker Pelosi.
0: A number of Republican senators said changing gun laws is a non starter. <laughs> Many questions remain about the elementary school shooting in Texas. The key question is why did it take about an hour for law enforcement to move in and deal with the shooter? Several people on the scene said they begged law enforcement to charge into the building and considered going in themselves. Officials say officers were not able to make entry initially because of the gunfire they were receiving. But I'm here on this floor to beg, to literally get down on my hands and knees and beg my colleagues. Find a path forward here. Work with us to find a way to pass laws that make this less likely. By doing something, we at least stop sending this quiet message of endorsement to these killers whose brains are breaking, who see the highest levels of government doing nothing, shooting after shooting. What are we doing? Why are we here? What are we doing? When are we going to do something?
1: I'm tired. I'm, I'm so tired of getting up here and offering condolences to, to the devastated families that are out there. I'm so tired of the, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm tired of the moments of silence. Enough. There's 50 senators right now who refuse to vote on H.R. 8, which is a background check rule that the House passed a couple years ago. It's been sitting there for two years. And there's a reason they won't vote on it, to hold on to power. We can't get numb to this. We can't sit here and just read about it and go, well, let's have a moment of silence. Yeah, go Dubs. You know, come on Mavs, let's go. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go play a basketball game. And and 50 senators in Washington are going to hold us hostage. Yeah, this is um, the number to your... If you want to call Congress, which I plan on doing, and I'll mention this at the end of the show as well, um, the number is 202-224-3121. That's 202-224-3121. And, you know, regardless of where you're congressperson, your your representative stands, call them. And, and what I used to do is I would I would put a reminder either on my Alexa or I would put a reminder on my uh calendar reminder every week. <laughs> so, you know, just to remind myself to call them. You know, because as as things change, you know, as as uh some of the rhetoric starts to calm down, we forget. And and I, I think it's important that we not forget. So Put a reminder somewhere and just remind yourself to call every single week, um, and and call. I mean, regardless, you should call. And 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 I just hope, and I'll mention it at the end of the show, and I'll make sure it's in our podcast notes. Uh, but again, thank you so much, Syracuse Mike. And and by the way, Syracuse Mike is going to be coming on the show sometimes uh, within the next few weeks. Uh, you know, when Tanya B is taking her break, <laughs> I guess uh, you know we'll, we'll sneak Syracuse Mike up in here. And talk about the the news of the day, and uh, just looking forward to having him on as well. But but you know, again, um, Kim Martin Raymond is is in the building with us uh, from the How Now podcast, and and you know, this has really been uh, a great conversation, uh, Kim, life coach Kim. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time, especially this Memorial Day weekend. Absolutely. But but you know, you know, we discuss a lot of heavy topics you know, of course, on this show, on on the podcast. And, you know, I don't shy away from it. We try to balance it. You know, we try to give some of the stuff that we can levity. It's kind of tough, you know, to to, to take this in a a upbeat, you know, uh, light moment with with what's going on. But, you know, given that, you know, how how can people find balance and deal with the heaviness? Because you and I, we were having a conversation, Kim, about dealing Mm -hmm. and not being apathetic and engaging right. without doing right. just the opposite and sticking your head in the sand and say, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to talk about that. Because I get right. that a lot. Let me tell you, I get that a lot from people. When people find out I do a news and politics podcast. Oh, I don't hear it. I don't do it. it's politics. Oh, no. Oh, Absolutely. no. How do you, because we need to be engaged. So how do you, the the need to be engaged versus protecting yourself. How do we do
0: that? Well,
2: the thing is, is that, you know, when people think, like you said, about politics and things like that, we've been told, you know, don't speak about politics and religion. Don't get involved in situations like that. Those those topics are so heavy. And there's so many layers to it that some people feel a sense of overwhelm when you start talking about politics and getting into things. So they tend to, like you said, they tend to stick their head in the sand because they don't want to have to deal with the, the, the levels that are involved with that. The one thing I want to do is applaud you for at least, you know, putting out that number because you know when we give a call to action, we say people need to do something, and we don't tell them what to do; they don't know what to do. Yeah. And so what tends to happen is they're just operating out of a space of what it is that they know, and if they don't know anything, then they stand down. And so it's uh, it's important that you know I'm not a a person who is attached to my television. I I very rarely watch television or listen a lot to the news, and that's just being transparent. Mm-hmm. But I at least want to know what's going on in my community. Yeah. I at least want to know what's happening, even if it's on a small level like th- like this. That's why it's important to have platforms like this, so that people have some level of being informed about what's going on around them. There has to be a balance, okay? Hey, let me, let me say like this, not- uh,
1: Life Coach mm-hmm. Kim. My why mm-hmm. is this, and I hope other people will understand and maybe engage pop news and politics Mm -hmm. a bit more. My why is the next generation. My, my why is my kids or, or, you know, the kids within, you know, my circle within, you know, my reach because my parents, our generation, our ancestors prior Mm -hmm. to us didn't intend for things to be going on that are going on now. If, if our ancestors right. were alive today and they saw all the things that we're dealing with, they would probably, right. well, they probably, I mean, you know, they're, they're always with us, but I'm just saying, if they could speak right. to us, they'd say, what are y'all doing? So my right. point is we should be thinking about the next generation. I do. When I think a lot of these issues we right. bring up, this is about our kids. Because if you have kids in school, you have kids, um, you have, uh, nieces, nephews, um right. godchildren, grandchildren in school. This is not a good time. Go ahead, I'll throw it back to you. I just no. wanted to let people know the why. No. If they were wondering, well, why should I? That's why. Go
2: Absolutely. Ahead. Absolutely. And that and that is the, the the leading question. Why is it that you know, or or why is it that you're moved to do something? That's why when we look at these tragedies and things that are happening around us, we have to think what is our call to action? What is it that we need to do to to help us to move beyond this space of pain and beyond this space of frustration? Mm, mm. How do we how do we navigate beyond that? There has to be something. And that comes from education that comes Mm. from knowledge that comes from knowing we have to tap in and plug in at some point. Mm-hmm. Some people choose not to, to plug in because they feel as though they don't want to be desensitized because they see it so often that they, they feel that like they'll be desensitized by the situation. And then they and then they won't have that feeling anymore. It's wow. about emotion. It's about heart. And for some of us, we don't want to lose that that feeling of of pain at the loss because we've seen it so much that that it's become commonplace and that we've become conditioned by it. Well, so it's important for us to 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 be able to express empathy, to be able to look at what's happening around us in and around us and to be able to respond in an effective way to 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 have a voice in this. Because just like that senator was saying in the the clip, you know, we just can't move to a place of of complacency or a place of acceptance that we can't let our silence equal acceptance.
1: That's true. So you have to be willing to say something. Tonya B., if you have a comment, feel free to jump in, by the way. Yeah, no,
3: I I did have, uh, I guess, a question for the most part for um, Life Coach Kim. You know, and my thing is, like you were saying, I found myself not wanting to watch the news. I did a whole lot of Netflix and I just wanted to look at something that wasn't about the situation that would make me laugh. And, you know, my question is, and I see that they're sending mental health professionals down there to Texas. They're sending the, uh, you know, the uh, the service dogs and things like that. And I want to just say shout out to Matthew McConaughey. That's actually his hometown. And he's like Mm -hmm. um, he's like, I'm done. But my thing is, you know, you have a situation where you have law enforcement that I think they were just ignorant. But my, th- th- that's just my comment. I'm going to get back on track. Focus. Focus. <laughs> my, my thing is,
1: she just can't you No, know, just her. like
3: when somebody passes away, you know, people mm-hmm. come around, they bring chicken, they bring food. They, you know, they stay around, they give you a car, maybe give you, you know, slide your little money here to help with the, you know, the, the bills of having to bury mm-hmm. your loved one. And I know that there's been a lot of money raised for that, uh, for the families, but you know, I always look at, okay, what happens after everybody goes home? These people are not going to stay in Texas forever. You know, And I think right. that, you know, just the people who are involved and directly affected. Yes. And then, you know, there are people who may, you know, be friends of these people, you know, somebody probably knows somebody somewhere that has a connection to this tragedy as well as Buffalo. Okay. So now, you know, the tragedy in Buffalo is not a, a headline anymore. They buried the last person and then we've got right. Texas. And, you know, my, my concern really is, just, you know, people in general, again, the people that are there are going to be triggered for the rest of their life. They're going to be healing for the rest of their life. Hopefully, you know, they will, you know, do it in a positive way, but you know, what I guess, you know, what I think about this, because I'm the person that comes around after everybody, you know, I'll be there when you want to bury somebody. I'll make you a cake. I'll cook. Tommy B, you know that. Mm-hmm. I'll do that I will do. But, you know, uh-huh. I also will. I'll get a condolence card. I'll send it a month or so after that. And I've had people Why? tell me, thank you so much for reaching out to me. And now everybody's gone. The chicken's gone. And, you know, when the chicken is gone from Texas, when the chicken is gone from Buffalo, you know, that's right. I don't know what there are. Uh, um services in place to help these people cope because this is going to be a, a lifelong trigger.
1: Yeah, it's exactly. going to be lifelong. And, 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 and how you do make you explain an excellent this to pain.
3: your kids? How do you explain it? I have a, a friend, I'm sorry, one more thing. I have a friend that has a, a daughter, a granddaughter, I'm sorry, who is the age of these children. And I said to her, I said, have you talked to Melly about this yet? She's like, no, I haven't. I'm not sure how to. And I've kept the TV off so that she won't ask me. But there's going to come a time when you know, parents, guardians, whatever you're gonna to have to explain this to your kids. They're gonna ask you. So I know that was a two-prong question. What do you do after everybody goes home? And what happens when kids
1: start to ask questions? I'm gonna throw that to you. Go ahead, life coach, yeah. Answer that. Right.
2: Okay. And and you make a very valid point, Tanya B. And I mean, even speaking from my own experience when I lost my daughter, it is it's difficult because yes, everyone is around you when you're experiencing that grief in that moment so everyone converges on you and and you're so distracted by all of these people coming in and around you asking all these questions trying to figure out what they can do and then all of a sudden when everybody is gone and you really have time to process it that's when the the real healing starts and that's when the real support needs to happen because that person has now had an opportunity to sit with what has actually happened Mm. because now they're no longer answering all of these questions, addressing all of these things that are going on, making all of these plans and arrangements. That is the time when we need to reach out. That is the time when services need to be provided. Just like you said, that month later when someone has had a chance to actually sit down and process exactly what has happened. And that's kind of where we fall short because the need is for, what happens again? How now? How do I navigate in this space now that that what has happened is over? How do I go about proceeding? How do I advocate for myself? You know when I thought about my, when my daughter passed away? I thought about my oldest daughter. She lost her sister.
1: Hmm.
2: My my parents lost their granddaughter. Yeah. I was not the only person that suffered loss and I needed to be striding to be there for my daughter. I needed to be there to support her because she's still here. And that's something that's important to remember. Those who are left behind, what is it that they're being called to do? Okay. When we talk about the, the, the aspect of, of children, we, and, and being able to explain to them what happened, it needs to be on a level that is appropriate for them. And it may just simply be that, you know, those children lost their lives and their mommies and their daddies and their grandparents and their aunties and uncles are very sad that they're no longer here. And sometimes that is enough. Sometimes we try to over explain and and then it goes out of the scope of what it is that they understand. They're asking a simple question. And sometimes we tend to want to make it more or, or add a little bit more. You, know, you take your take your cues from the child. And if the child says, okay, and they go skipping off, then then you let it stay where it is. You don't try to add more to it. And that's what we tend to do. We tend to try to over explain instead of simply at, you know, answering the question that they're asking.
1: Gotcha. That, that and they you may mean,
2: just like say, you- well, what happened?
3: Yeah. You make a great point. Is it under uh, over explaining? And my thing is, and you know, I, I always, you know, tell people and I say, you know, when uh, I have a show on the network as well, and I say, you know, it's okay if you're not okay, mm-hmm. but it's not okay if you don't do anything. And, you know, we as people of color, black, brown and tan people, you know, we uh, have shied away from the stigma. You know, there's a stigma of, of mental health awareness or getting any um, mental health assistance. It's always, you know, suck it up, don't cry, you know, don't think about it, you know, and people that that internal trauma really, really sometimes manifests into some destructive behavior. But my thing is now with people you know, already in need of mental health services because of the pandemic. We what we how we've been living the last two and a half years. And then mm-hmm. you have, you know, those those that free year of mental health assistance and that free year of telehealth mental counseling, you know, it has gone wow. away. And now people are not seeking mental health assistance and, Mm -hmm. you know, now they have to pay for it. And a lot of people still don't have, you know, that benefit, even if they do have Obamacare, or I'm sorry, health insurance marketplace insurance, or, or, you know, something through a job that they may have, you know, I, I just, I just wonder about that concerns me because if you have a parent who's been traumatized, then their child is going to be double traumatized. And I just, I, Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's an answer. How do we, as people of color, you know, erase that stigma that it's okay right. to go get on the couch. It's okay, you know, if you're not feeling well, it's okay to take a chill
1: pill. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go right. Online. And this
2: is where and this is where this is where it's important for us to ask for help when we need it. Because you may not be in a position to answer that question. If that child comes to you and you're still trying to deal with it, are you necessarily the person that can bring that that uh that response to that child? In an effective manner, It, it all goes back to us and being able to say, all right, am I qualified or do I need help in answering this question? Is there something that I need to do first so that that way when I bring it to whoever I'm bringing it to, I'm not bringing in misinformation and I'm not continuing the cycle of fear. We have to make sure that we're in safe spaces and that we're mentally sound before we can respond to and assist others. Yeah. That's why I said there are those layers. There's that fear. There's that learning. And then there's that growth. And where do we fall in that spectrum? And if we're not in a, a place where we're, we're at both, where we can reach back and assist, then what do we need to do to get to that to that space?
1: Life Coach Kim, we got a few questions from our audience. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and play one. Here we go.
2: How might aspiring teachers cope with mass shootings in schools? Life Coach Kim. Okay, now yes, and with this question, it's important for us to again. I I I liken it to a stewardess on an airplane. I do a lot of traveling. Okay, and and when you're sitting in that space where there's that exit window, and they're asking you, "Are you in a? I mean, are you comfortable with assisting in the instance of an emergency?" We again have to look at ourselves. We have to ask ourselves the question: Do I? Am I comfortable? With assisting these children, because again, we're talking about creating safe spaces. And if if I as an individual, as a teacher don't feel safe, the children are not going to feel safe because they're taking their cues from me. And so what you have to do is ask yourself the question, am I capable of being able to deal with this and that's a and that's a question that you have to ask yourself is this for me there are a lot of people who are in the profession who have turned away from the profession because it is it has become so much of a stressor for them that they cannot no longer function in that and we have to be honest with ourselves Mm -hmm. if we are not in that space of being able to assist or we're not in that space where we can ask for training or we don't feel supported Then then when a situation arises, we're not going to be able to respond in the way that we need to. So it's a matter of at first asking yourself the question, am I am I capable of of handling this situation? Should it transpire? And if I am not, what are some of the steps that I can take? Who can I speak to in administration and say, "Okay, I need to go through monthly drills. I need to do things that are going to help me to feel confident to be able to do what I need to do in the course of an emergency. Do I have the tools? Do I have the mental capacity? You have to answer the you know, ask those questions and be honest about that. Not just wait until a situation happens and then you're scrambling and then children are running behind you. What are the things that we're doing to make sure that we are uh in a place of being able to assist when it's necessary? Do I have the mental capacity to do that?
1: Okay. And s- for some, the answer may be no. Good good answer. Good answer. Let's do another question, take another audience. Here we go.
0: I'm the father of two young adults, and in this post-pandemic, highly polarized, socially engaged America, how do we parents better cope with the evolving landscape of parenting? For example, we have this mask on, mask off issue. Uh, what is it to be considered conservative and faithful? The legalization of marijuana. And hookups versus relationships when it comes to dating, any information you could provide would be appreciated. Thank you.
1: Whole lot in that question, but I'm gonna let you sum that yes. up. Good lord, <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's it's a loaded question. A loaded yes, it, it is. Question. Go ahead. But Go ahead. but the the one thing that um is important for us to remember, especially when we're talking about children of any age, is to never take away their voice. As as parents. As educators, we tend to want to nurture and we want to protect. And so we tend to speak for and stand in the gap for our children. The one thing that we want to be careful, that we want to be mindful to do is to empower our children. So when things like this arise, he said young adults. So when situations like this arise, we want to ask them, what is your opinion on this? What have you heard about this? So that that way we can see where they are so that we can meet them in that space. But we also want to find out why as children, you know, uh, you know, and and having children of my own, what do they always ask? Why, 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 why? All they want to know is why, why, why? Now we're turning the tables here and asking them, why is it that you believe what you believe? And it's important for us to ask our children these questions because they're not always going to be with us. And we want them to be able to go into spaces and to articulate why it is that they believe the things that they believe. So if it is something that they are not familiar with, that's where it's it's creating that conversation as parents that we can have with our children and say, okay, I'm not too familiar about this topic as well. Now we are going to go on this journey together to learn more about this, so that that way when somebody asks you the question, you can come back with a response for them that's going to be based on what you've learned, what you've heard, what you've experienced, and now you can stand firm on that moving forward. It's that's all nice. about education. It's all about boy. It's all about asking them why. It, In their studies, if they ever go into their doctoral programs, anything that they're choosing to do, they're going to be tasked with asking why it is that they believe what they believe. And we want to start that at a young age for our children. Start asking them why and having them articulate why it is that they believe what they believe, not just because. Because I think about our generation, we did things because Nana said so. Or we did things we didn't ask any questions. We just did it because we were told to do it. You do it. No questions asked. We didn't want the now belt. Now in this society, <laughs> we, didn't so that's <laughs> it. Oh, we didn't want the belt. Okay. I didn't want the switch. switch. I didn't want none the of that. The Hello. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. the switch, none of that. We didn't want none of that. Boom, none of that. The but the it's boomerang. important. That's it. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Whatever was in the kitchen. <laughs> right. Whatever. But the was bottom close. line is right. That's it. But but the bottom line is b- giving people the vocabulary, Good point. Good point. giving them the, the, the words that they need. I let them explain why. Why are you asking question? Why do you believe what it is that you believe? So that, that way, anywhere that they go in this world, somebody asks them a question, they're able to articulate it for themselves. We have to learn to empower our children.
1: Good stuff. Y'all give it up for Life Coach Kim. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. I, I can breathe. I feel like I... <laughs> thank you for coming on. I'm, I'm, I'm glad, and, and honestly we, we've had... Um, uh, a few situations come up, um, you know, with you know, within you know, your 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 pers- personal situations yeah. that have actually moved you to this weekend. And God, it. It, I mean, honestly, it, it happened for a reason. Yeah. It is appropriate that you're on uh, this weekend. So, so thank you so much on a holiday weekend for taking the time. Yeah. Any any last yeah, word? Last, I'll, I'll get to you in a minute. I'll let you go, Tanya okay. Be after after she finishes. Last okay. last minute, anything uh, anything you want to end with? As well as how can people connect with you? And then Tanya B. Jump in. Go ahead.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. The one thing that that I want to leave with everybody is a is a is a quick little story, and it's it's called impact over intention. Okay. Say I have a hot cup of coffee, and I walk by Miss Tanya B. And I trip, and I spill that coffee on Miss Tanya. Okay. It was not my intention to hurt her. It was not my intention to spill that coffee on her, but it left a stain on her clothes, and it may have possibly burned her and left a mark on her. So I just want people to be mindful that it may not be your intention to hurt or harm somebody, but what are you going to do to help in the healing process for that person? Mm-hmm. How are you going to help to remove that stain? How are you going to help to dress that burn so that the next time I walk past her, she's not jumping, thinking that I'm going to do what I did to her the first time again? What is it that we're going to do? What it, it is, the impact over the intention. It may not be your intention to hurt or harm, but think about the things that you're saying and doing to others and, and what you can do to repair that relationship or restore that relationship to where that person knows that if anything happens, they are comfortable and knowing that you're seeking to be a part of the healing process and not the hurt. Good stuff. So I just want people to remember that impact over intention. And how can people Think contact things you? that we're doing? How can people contact if they want to get in contact with me? They can go to my website, www.how or they can go to my link tree, uh, you know, which is, uh, you know, L I N K T R E E. I mean, T R dot E E forward slash how now and they can find out all things kim my books my website my email all that good stuff it's right there good deal Tonya Big. thank you oh, so it it you. I, I just want
3: to say thank you for coming on because i think it's also just healthy and sometimes healing and therapeutic just to have these conversations you know Absolutely. and you know and just to not to vent but just to to speak your truth and just you know because when you're in a situation where you live alone, you don't always have someone to talk to every day. You don't always have that socialization, mm-hmm. you know, or that, you know, that the, the uh, a, a listening ear or just someone with an objective outlook. So I say, thank you mm-hmm. for that. You know, and also, again, I just say to people, you know, it's okay if you don't feel okay, but you know, it's not okay mm-hmm. if you don't do anything. And I just hope that, you know, it's always like, when is it going to stop? When is it going to stop? And you know what I, I say? I don't know if it's going to stop until one of these politicians Who's out here taking money from the NRA, and I gave Tommy B the list, you'd be surprised, mm-hmm. you know, some of them who mm-hmm. some of them are. I think until it comes into their backyard, or until they feel the impact of their inaction with these gun control, a lack of gun control laws, I don't that's the only thing I think that can be a trigger, you know, to to mm-hmm. to, to start, you know, to move things into you know a realm of change, because as long as these people are taking you know, there are some that are mm. doing this for what I call peanuts. And there are some people that are getting millions. Mm-hmm. And just those millions that they get from the NRA is enough for them to sport up their wife. Let's call a thing a thing. Their side piece, their kids and their grandkids. Mm. And that's just, you know, one of their income streams. So, you know, what did the OJ say back in the day? Money is the root of all They said legal. so does, much. Does funny, <laughs> I know, why. Right, but you say that it, does, <laughs> right, it does funny things to some people, does it you know.
1: <laughs> And money will right. drive some
3: people out of their mind. You, yeah, know? So you know, and one other thing I want to ask you, Coach Kim, before we go. Look, she ain't going to let you go, I, Coach Kim. She's the one I'm talking I know, but no, I got to go cook. I know, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's fine. See, don't She's give me telling a me QTSD. I got to go
1: cook,
2: but go ahead. I'm here for it. Oh, I'm okay, here go. for it. No,
3: just, and I want people to understand. And I think about <laughs> this, and I'm like, you have this, this young man in Texas. You have that young man in Buffalo, and you have, let's go back to the Columbine kids and the Sandy Hook kids. We're in the mm. Sam, I say this, we're in the Sam hell, hell, are these kids' parents? Why is there no, mm. I, I know they're probably embarrassed, I get it. They're either in denial, I get it. But they've got to step up and be accountable because these are your children. How do you have your head in the sand? In my culture, you don't go in the house and shut your door and say, don't invade my privacy because this is not your house. You know, yeah. you'd be like Ricky Smiley and take the door off the hinge, okay?
2: Many times I, the door I has been up the hinges at my house.
3: Right. I don't understand what these parents, like the lady uh, of this kid in Texas. Oh, he would get mad sometime, but my kid's not a monster lady. Your son killed 21 people and shot his grandmother in the face. He's not a monster. Show me what a monster hey, is. Can okay. I say, I'm going right. to say
1: this y'all. I'm right. going to leave it at this. And and I hope that eventually the, the parents um are responsible or held responsible eventually in a lot of these cases. I mean, I think if the parents of these kids, when they find out that their kids are doing this, uh, if they know that they could potentially go to jail as well, then maybe they'll step in and make more of an effort. Now, I don't know, and Absolutely. and and, I, and I, but but I think so many of these mm-hmm. parents are are kind of looking at it from a standpoint. Well, he's eighteen, you know. I was gonna kick him out anyway, but eventually, wow. you know. I think, and I'm just gonna say this: it's almost like being an accessory, you know, or an accomplice. Mm -hmm. If, if you know, if you, yes, if you knew, if you saw him killing dogs and puppies in the backyard when he was seven, you know, then you knew there was a problem, but I'm gonna leave it at that. I know, you Mm -hmm. know, life coach Kim, I know you got a role. I want to give you your, your, your (laughs) props. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Not I, you say, <laughs> I was gonna say one, one more thing. I know that this is this yeah. is mental health awareness month. And so I just wanted to put out there to make sure that people check in with NAMI too, you know, the National Alliance of Mental Illness. Yeah. They have free crisis counseling and things like that. So make sure that you go to, you know, NAMI.org just to, you know as a point of reference we have to be able to put things out there so that people know where to go and how to
1: move forward so excellent life Thanks coach cam thank you, you so much and thank y'all you. let's take a let's thank take a so break much. uh and we'll come back uh life coach cam i'll make sure your information's on in our podcast notes Absolutely. for the week and um and, and we got to have you back make sure you know, i'm gonna talk to you about coming back uh I you know bet. and, and do, doing something with us occasionally so all right thank you so much let's take a break and we'll come right back here we go
3: thank you
0: time y'all sipping the tea with Tanya
1: b yes 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 you know what time it is she is here she has to go cook y'all it is memorial day weekend so you know what don't 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 blame me do okay, I'm, I'm,
3: I'm just going to say this. You know, We're going through a lot right now. So yes, one thing are. I like to do, um, and Coach Kim, thank you for hanging out with us. I just like to bring a little bit of levity or a little bit of humor to this situation because there's so much sadness in the world. So if I can make somebody smile or laugh just in my delivery, I'm good with that. And with that said, let's get ready to sip this tea. Now, you know, we were talking about mental health issues. So now we're going to talk about two people who probably need some mental health. Uh, first one is Will Smith. Okay. <laughs> Um, you know uh, I have not watched it yet I'll probably do it tomorrow Tommy B we talked about this last week um, him being on David Letterman's Netflix show My Next Guest Needs No Introduction mm-hmm. and again it was taped prior to the slapdown at the Oscars and we'll talk about how he took an herbal some kind of psycho yes. Some psychotic mm, hallucinogenic mm. tea, and he, you know, saw like my career. I'm losing my career, losing my family, losing my house. Mm. So it it was weird that that you know it was almost like an omen that you know if that you know happened. But the other thing. And I talked about this when the slap down first happened, Tommy B. I said, Will Smith had his back to us. And when you're an actor in Hollywood, they teach you they teach you how to act like you're kissing somebody when you're not. And they teach you how to give, how to throw a punch and how to take a punch. Now, we did not see him because he had his back to us actually put the pause on Chris Rock. I think he did not mean to, mm. but I think it, it just he, he just connected with his face. So, you know, I just say you know, in the words of Johnny Taylor he did say it's cheaper to keep it, but i, I to me i think i call her Jada Go Fade or what Jada go fade away Pinkett Smith that she might need to um just you know give her half and let her go because again your yeah, will smith your yeah, health strength and your peace of mind is priceless i know it's california and you got to give her half and she living off a of residual from different world in the red table which you need to go up under and stay there but i'm just saying all right. You know, uh, I, I hope, you know, and he, he said he's in therapy daily and I'm like, well, who's your therapist? Because whatever they doing may not be working. So maybe he found something new and he went over to Dubai in India. And, and that's just that. But uh, I just say, I think Nick Cannon's drinking the same type of uh, some that psycho tea, because now he's talking about <laughs> oh, um, he wants uh, to get paid for having a vasectomy. And I think he's about eight kids too late. Cause, you know, wait will have 10 wait minute, by the end of the year. He got two more coming. Get what? He wants to get what? You get paid to get a vasectomy. You heard what I said. Who's going to pay him? Peanut and Why would he say that? Because he's a nart, I think Nick Cannon got. He got a little ticky boom too. But I'm just saying, he has all. Yes, Dude. he's got money, but okay. those kids need time. It's not enough hours in the day, even Ugh. though his talk show was now canceled, for him to spend quality time and bond with those kids. It's 24 hours a day. If by the end of the year you got 10 10 kids, do the math, and you still got to work four or five jobs.
1: Okay. What did they do to those kids on Nickelodeon?
0: <laughs> like um, Some, Am- the Disney kids, the Disney kids, Amanda, kid Amanda, my, Amanda, Bonds Amanda I
1: no, mean, the only one came out okay Brit- was Look, Keenan. Britney
3: Spears needs a mental health intervention, too. Now I understand about Britney Spears' parents and what they were saying. That girl got it.
1: Kim anyway. came out okay, but what happened to everybody
3: else? Damn. She killed. She lied about being pregnant. And then she got up on that after she got <laughs> emancipated from the conservatorship and was up there, you know, showing her cookies on. on Shout please. What you got next? Um, speaking of showing somebody's cookies, I just want to know if you're ready for a little Kim biopic and movie. And I just say again, somebody else. I, I wish Kim would just get some self-esteem because I want the old little Kim, like from 1996, back. Now, will she talk about in the course of this book and this? Biopic? Will she fess up to all of the plastic surgery that she's had? Will she fess up to what really went down with Biggie? Will she talk about you know she claims that he made her terminate pregnancies, and will she talk about the? I say the multiple physical uh, altercations that she had with Faith Evans when you know she Biggie and Faith were married. So hey, we'll tell see you, what but, happens. But do you
1: know where it's going to be? What what network? Probably A and E. They got. see they, if, it's, they become, if it's if it's A and E if it's those types of cable networks, they're not going to really go down in the weeds. That needs to be like on Hulu. Hulu. Like I'm talking about well, Hulu. Maybe it'll be
3: on the, you know, maybe the FUBU network is the
1: new, you know, like Forest um, Bias. It needs, but, it I mean, need, what, and the reason, take the, reason, it? the reason I say that is because they're limited when they do like Bravo, some of these other networks where they really can't cause, cause you know, they can't really show or say what they need to show and say. You know, it's t- it's sanitized.
3: Well, there might be a way. It's just like is she gonna talk about that time she was at hot ninety-seven and that rapper uh named Gravy who played Jamal something or other, he played Biggie in the uh the Biggie movie. Yeah. You know, that whole thing about her and you know she saw those people get shot and she wouldn't you wouldn't snitch and she went to jail and the whole thing. So she's I mean she's got an interesting story. So we'll, we'll, well I just I just see. hope
1: she hasn't missed the moment because if you ask most of the generation that would really wanna watch it, you know what I'm saying? I don't well, know. It, if, I don't it's know like it's us. You
3: know, it, yeah. it, well, it's us. But don't forget now that, you know, little Kim has a very large international. She actually yes, she has does. a large Caucasian following. So I don't know. So but we'll, let me we'll say, we'll say you know who I really like want that. to
1: hear from? I want to hear from, Fo- want Fo- hear from I want to hear from Foxy Brown because <laughs> that's another. See, all, that what is, was uh, some, uh, I don't know. I mean, Foxy Mental Brown, issues, Coach Kim. Foxy Brown was not as transparent as Kim. And there's a lot. No, but
3: you know what? Foxy Brown didn't cross. Let's call a thing and thing. Foxy yeah. Brown was not in that group that crossed over like Little Kim did too. So Foxy Brown would be like, she might be on um, Clio TV because mm, she okay. wasn't, she just wasn't a mass appeal artist. Let's call a thing and thing. Okay.
1: All right. I'm just wondering.
3: Go ahead. Um, and then um, if anybody kissed Jesse Smollett, he got out of jail. Not jail. It's a difference, Coach Kim. Not jail. He got out of jail. And now that he got out of jail, Jesse got a job, y'all. He got a job. He got a job, Tommy B. If anybody cares.
1: <laughs> Come on. Y'all leave Jesse alone.
3: Now. If hey. anybody cares, he's got a movie on BET Plus, not regular BET. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. I am sure ain't paying for that. It's called B-Boys. He's um, uh, co-producing and directing this movie. And it's about two guys from very different walks of life who culture class and then fall in love. So let's just keep that Doing it for pride It was now. a
1: Pride Month show. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, what? Okay. What? He do it because he need. He got to pay his attorneys That's why <laughs> he doing it. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, I got some church scandal up in here. I don't
1: know if y'all Uh-oh. ready for this jelly. Uh oh. Close the way Stay away from the windows. Look, Move away I don't make look. I don't make up the news. I don't make the let me, news. I just reported. Hey, hey, let me close. Let me get let me close the shades. Let me get away from this window.
3: I'm gonna cap this off with let allegedly. Look, allegedly get away so from this lightning. Allegedly. Um yeah. Cora Jakes, the daughter of Megapasta T D Jakes. Oh, no. no. she got married recently and don't she that bad about T.D.? Go ahead. Uh, look. <laughs> he ain't he's like he don't have a dog dog in his fight um cora got married to this gentleman and they just recently adopted two children now her husband was ahead of the ministry with the youth and the children's down to the church but then they had to take him out of there because he got caught up in some mess and you can fill in the blank and he is in jaya Mm. (laughs)
0: like
3: jesse smollett was he's in jaya and the bishop Noah what's it, Miss, Uh First Lady Serena and Cora. They are not bailing him out. And there's an allegation that he actually violated one of the adopted children. Oh no, TD like Shaka Khan no. said, ain't nobody, ain't nobody bailing him out. He is in jail. But you I'm know, look hey, no, no,
1: ain't nobody putting
3: no money on his books.
1: What you know, Ow. you know the PKs though. The PKs always.
3: He's <laughs> the husband. Look, no,
1: no. But what I'm saying is, she's, he's married to. The, the, I, know, I know, I know, I know, P- I know, yeah. The PKs always attract drama. I know, so that, many, that I know so that many. reform TKs. I know so many reformed PKs.
3: <laughs> Ooh, don't we all? But yeah, team believe me and Jay, yes, like it's it.
0: Yeah. They can't even call Shaka on, you know. A-
3: Ain't nobody bailing him out. What else you got? Um, The other thing, um, you know, here's my thing. Everybody's all up in arms about Jamie Foxx. Everybody knows that the actor has a certain type of woman that he seems to gravitate towards too, and that he's one of the kings of being down with the swirl. So why people are so uh, up in arms about him being on top of the Becky with the blonde hair on the boat? I I mean, what's the big deal? I said Jamie Foxx has not been that close to a white woman since he played ugly Wanda on In Living Color. And if you're looking for him to be with a woman of color, that ain't happening. Wow. So I mean, that's what I'm saying. Ca- you know what? Who cares? Okay. Um and, and my other thing is I mean um, he used
1: to he used to date uh, what was it? Tom Cruise's ex-wife Right. Um,
3: well, I'm saying another one. And the, you know yeah. what? Let's let's move it on because it's six fifty seven. Yeah. I got to <laughs> I cook my now, salmon. Now, OK, now, now, it's one thing I got, now I got no, I, I have something that's really positive. I got to say this. Okay. And I want to say five on it to the actress Yara Shahidi. We know her from Blackish oh, yes. and Grownish. Um, just this week on Thursday, she graduated from Harvard University. So mind you, she was working while she was going to school. Huh? Hallelujah. OK. Yes, yes, yes. And she's got a degree from the African-Americans and social studies department. And she said she wants to continue acting and producing. But she's also going to become a part of this black uh, political thought process. So I think because we so sorely need leaders, we have no leadership. And I think she really is a voice of the young people and they will listen to her. So she's going to continue to do that. And our black and brown communities desperately need leaders like her and people who can speak intelligently and know what they're talking about. Hello. So I I say like Barack Obama said, can she do it? Yes, she can. And I'm done. Five on it to Yara Shahidi. Good stuff. Let me give her applause one more time. Please.
1: All right, y'all. By the way, um, the man who fell from Earth is, is back this week. Definitely another good episode. It's on Showtime. Uh, in addition to that, I got to give it up, man, because everybody had written him off, man. I got to give it up to Tom Cruise, man. Tom Cruise and Top Gun Maverick came back with a vengeance, boy. It was like a hundred and eighty million dollars, million, yeah, this weekend. Yes, yes, so yes, I got to give yes. it up because, because you know y'all, you, you know y'all were talking bad about Tom.
3: No, but no, because he was being (laughs) greasy and he did not do this by himself. There's a whole bunch shout out to Jay Ellis and the other people that look like us in the movie too.
1: I mean, I'm saying collectively though, that movie wouldn't have gotten made if he wasn't behind it and pushed it to get it made 36 years later, you know, after the original Top Gun, so well, I got Parker it. Sparkle wouldn't have yeah. gotten
3: made without Whitney Houston putting in her last What's little that? couple of coins. What? I said Sparkle wouldn't have gotten made unless Whitney Houston put in her last little couple of oh, coins with minute, T.D. Jakes. <laughs> what?
1: What kind of comparison? You know what,
3: get off, get off, get off. What do I say?
1: It's, okay. it's Sunday, so I'm just All gonna right.
3: say get off my phone, You need okay. to go cook. <laughs> hey, Coach
1: Kim
3: no, but, You see I'm gonna let you go I got PTSD look, From y'all look. See I'm the only female On this show no, now Coach Kim And see, they, they try I like,
2: Intervention oh, Intervention No I'm here I, I'm I here don't. for you <laughs>
3: They don't want They don't want Look <laughs> hey, Coach Kim Oh no They don't want They don't Wait. want None of my smoke She's trying to go Amber Heard
1: <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to <laughs> Uh oh See you know what <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to go Amber wow. Heard on me now. Wow. <laughs> you know wow. what yeah.
3: Amber Heard. You know, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what Amber Heard, but well, I'll leave oh, that to the man. jury.
1: Oh man, don't talk mm. about Amber. Don't you talk about Amber Heard. <laughs> anyway, y'all. Hey, again, uh, make sure you go to All Things G, go to uh This is the G podcast uh, on, on uh, Castropolis.net uh you can mm-hmm. click uh, the g podcast everything is there the stream <laughs> social media also you heard a couple of questions from a few of our our followers our audience our uh, you know the the G crew uh, you can go to uh, our page and you'll see in our an, an opportunity an area there where you can ask questions or or give feedback to amber heard uh, on the show uh- <laughs> <laughs> All you got to do is go to castropolis.net. I'm joking, Tonya B. Don't get me. That. Cold bloody. <laughs> Cold bloody. You, know, you could call uh,
3: me Halle Berry. You could even <laughs> oh call yeah, me.
1: Know. Oh, Jesus. No. Hmm. no. anybody who just you squat, squat and, and, and leave poo in the bed who knows I, oh they I just, said
3: it wasn't hers it was the dogs
1: it was the dogs okay all right that's what they said the say. dog did it like, he ate my lunch say. and he
3: went and he he, yeah
1: that's what they said I all
3: think right. something like that said he had eaten some weed or something oh, okay. I'm sorry. Lord.
1: go to um, wow. also go to uh, don't forget uh, the number for uh, <laughs> the congress the uh, congressional switchboard is 202 224 3121 I'll make sure that's on the notes page on our podcast notes page 202 two two four three one two one uh and with that y'all uh episode 131 is in the can and i'm gonna do a little different that i usually say peace but i'm gonna say power to the people power to the people yes. y'all because we got to take back our power i mean i know absolutely you know i grew up, and I grew our up around panthers and, and power mm-hmm. to the people means a lot and it should mean a lot mm-hmm. to you uh we can't let these people who we send uh, to office uh, hold us back. So power to the people. And with that, episode 131 is done. It's in the can. Thank you, Kim Mark Raymond. Thank you so much, Tanya B.
0: My pleasure. And, and you're welcome. Enjoy I hope episode. I made
3: somebody laugh or smile. I just want to make somebody laugh or
1: smile. Today.
0: Yes, you did. Peace. You've been listening to the G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. The G Podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. You-